Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus. Through this series, we speak to higher education thought leaders about the trends, ideas, and opportunities that are shaping the future of this industry and pick their brains for best practices and advice that leaders can apply to their own institutions. On today's episode, Evolution Editor-in-Chief and Illumination host Amrit Alawalia is joined by Brian Kibbe, the Chief Executive Officer of Modern Campus. The two discuss the broader importance of higher education as a community builder and how colleges and universities can be lifelong learning partners for their students. Brian Kibbe, welcome to the Illumination Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, as, uh, as many of you know, Brian is, is the Chief Executive Officer of, of Modern Campus and has a pretty fascinating backstory um, when it comes to his introduction to the higher ed space and his own personal background. So before we dive into the conversation about, you know, your vision for the future of higher ed, how it relates to the work you're doing at Modern Campus, I'm hoping you can share a little bit about your own educational experience, your own background. I think, Amrit, well, thanks for asking that. I think we all have our reasons for being passionate about education and I mean being passionate about education and, and learning is kind of like being passionate about puppies right it's it's really important to all of us and so my reasons are are, are like hundreds and hundreds of millions of, of people all over the world I grew up in a very very lower middle class background my dad was an army sergeant my mom had muscular dystrophy I failed the ACT I joined the army at 17. And I had some strong mentors along the way, but most importantly, there was a community college outside of Fort Ord, California, which is in Monterey, California, called, and the community college was called Monterey Peninsula Junior College. And I had an officer once say to me, Brian, you said when you get out of the army, you wanna be a business major, but Brian, you also said that you can barely do a long division problem. He said, now listen, business majors, Brian, have to take calculus and finite math and accounting and economics and went on and, and my, my eyes welled up in tears. And I said, I'll tell you what, I won't deploy you to the field, just do double time, get your work done. As long as you go to this community college outside the base, start from program basic math onward and uh, we'll work together on it. And I took his advice. A lot of people don't, right? A lot of people get good advice in their life and they go, oh, thank you. And they just move on and they go drink beer, whatever the case is. In my case, I said, thank you, sir. And I went right over to, right over to Monterey, Monterey Peninsula College and I took basic math. I mean, fundamental build, before developmental math, basic math. And I stuck to it. Ended up moving to Korea, uh, continue on with the University of Maryland Extension. And then I went to State School USA, ended up majoring in finance, did very well in calculus and finance and math and all those other things. So the, the moral of the story is with a little help, all of us with little help and elbow grease, can achieve the full potential. And so one of the reasons we're so excited about what we're doing at Modern Campus is that story, because what we, what I often call community colleges, for many of us, it's a first chance, but for many of us, it's a second chance. Mm -hmm. Without that second chance that I was given at Monterey Peninsula Junior College, I've been a part of teams that have literally created thousands and thousands of jobs. So just that one student, me, going to Monterey Peninsula Junior College because someone supported me and said I could do it. We've helped together over the past 35 years, created a lot of economic benefit for the world. And that's just one community college. And when we talk to system presidents uh, like Madeline over at Miami-Dade College, and which was a former community college, and we talked to President Stith, uh, who was the former 
system college president of North Carolina. And nearly every uh, divisional president at the college, every CIO at a college, they all talk about that one thing, just that the economic benefit to the community is exponential. Mm-hmm. And that's what works. One of the reasons we're so excited about working with our nearly 2000 college universities, a modern campus, because if we can help to create, whether someone goes to a starts at a community college or four year school, just, just reaching one student at the, the, the exponential benefit to our society and to the economic growth of, of the U S and Canada and other places around the world is just massive. So wrong answer, but I appreciate you asking me that because it just, you're, you're clearly, we're really passionate about what we do here. Amrit. You know, that's, it's such an interesting point. When we talk about like the multiplier, right? Every dollar spent at a higher education institution returns tenfold back to its community. When you think about what that means in terms of investment in, into post-secondary education in general, societally, we're kind of shifting to this environment where we think about education as a private good, not a public good. How can we start to, to, to move the needle on helping more people understand the broader impact and importance of, of education as, as a community builder, as a society builder. I mean, that's it's very much your own experience. Well, I think that the return could be 10,000-fold, not tenfold. Could be could be more than that, depending upon mm-hmm. what the, the, the individuals. So I think it's, to me, it's leading by example. Uh, it's what our community college presidents and our college presidents, whether it's a public or private, they are in this fight with all of us. They truly are. Um, the, the, the level of state and federal funding now it can be a challenge, but there is money out there for those senior leaders to go get that money. Because you've, you've talked to hundreds of administrators across the United States and Canada. I've done the same. And their message candidly, which is really exciting, is the same as ours. Mm-hmm. The impact on our local community. So if you're community college, that is your primary role is exponential and they talk about this. So, so it's, it's just leading by example and then illustrating through economic benefit, wage growth, return on investment in higher education, how we reduce the cost while increasing the quality and the return. So I think it's about leading by example and then showing, actually showing the economic benefit within our communities. I think, I think we're all in the same fight. Absolutely. And that's where you start to see the connectivity between programming, labor market outcomes, career yeah. pathways starting to align with different kinds of credentials. But let me ask you this. As you, if I may go back to that question, Please. Example, there's more and more movement. We, I believe in the value of a degree, for sure, whether it's an mm-hmm. associate degree, a four-year degree, master's and onward. But more and more uh, employers are saying, you know, I'd love it if you have a degree. And if a credential is required for a specific role within our company, join us if you have the talent and the aptitude and we'll work with you to get that degree. Many more employers are doing that. What we really care about is what your aptitude is and you have proof that you're passionate or at least interested in upskilling for life. And many community colleges and four-year schools have non-degree programs that help students learn why they earn. So this movement, that's great to have a degree. It matters. I think it matters. But it's even, I think, more important to show because this the, the, the change in skill set and what the market needs is, is it's never it's never ending yeah. to show yourself first and employers that you are passionate and are willing and able to upskill for life, even beyond a degree. 
that's 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 what I think is really exciting. Absolutely. Well, I, it's you know relatedly, I'm I'm curious. You you've had a a really impactful uh, career in the higher education space. I think you've been you've been in higher education for thirty some years at this point, right? I've been in, in higher education for thirty five years. So when you look at like, what are the trends that have been most impactful on where we are today? And, and where do you think we're going in the future if we continue on those space, on, on, in that trajectory? Well, it's interesting that the, I, I heard someone say once that people, institutions, governments only change when they're on the precipice. So what we see, for example, in continuing education, we've known for a long time that there are schools in continuing education that have had powerful programs for decades, powerful mm -hmm. programs. And then this big event hit called a pandemic. And then because the schools of continuing education, as you know, were oftentimes the most digital and commercial savvy, the leaders, the commercial savvy on various colleges, colleges and university campuses. So immediately because of the pandemic, those CE, those continuing education provosts or directors became immediate stars on campus. And then the eyes sort of lighted up and they're going, hold on a second here. Why would, why are we, why do we have this continuing education program over here? We need to put it front and center. And then because you have more than full employment in most countries around the world, United States, full employment is 5%. We're at something like three and a half percent. I think Canada is about the same. Yeah. What you have is this market that says, okay, prospective employees, employee, employees want to take full advantage of what's happened in the marketplace. So many are going right into the workforce, but no one is doubting the need to have a degree or upskill at least for life through certification and other programs, stackable credentials, we all talk about that. So my, my response is that the most powerful trend is the trend that's happening right now because we had this event in 2020 that you know necessity is the mother of all invention that had all of this, this bringing all this together. And of course we also, because we haven't seen a recession in a long time, mm -hmm. oftentimes, College universities do well in a recession. People go back to school, they stay in school, so on and so forth. So many of us, so a lot of people who experienced the Great Recession in 2008 have already retired, right? And then, so the next generation, many within that have never experienced anything but wow growth. So you have all of these things, the pandemic, uh, the health of the economy globally, that is all conversing on this notion that we've got to upskill for life, but no one's doubting that. I don't think anyone's doubting that, but let's do it differently. If you want to take a traditional path, that's great, but there are other paths forward. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I think that's one of the most powerful trends that at least I've seen in 35 years. So, and you know, one of the things that that's interesting about that is as you start to frame out this kind of vision for cohesive lifelong learning. You talk a lot about the opportunity for higher ed institutions to engage their, their own alumni and, and their currently enrolled students in continuing ed programming to help them earn a degree plus, a degree plus a certificate, a degree plus a certification. It's kind of fascinating when you think about the, the foundational change in the labor market today and how folks are in a position where they need to upskill and reskill that higher ed institutions have an opportunity to be a lifelong learning partner for, for their students, as opposed to, you know, looking at their students as a lifelong piggy bank to a certain extent. Yeah, I think with alumni, you have, we have to earn the right. If you're a college, university, senior administrator, you have to earn the right 
I would say even before that student starts at your college university to have a highly engaged, highly active, highly involved alumni who not only can contribute financially, but can also contribute in different ways like jobs, mentorship, other kinds of things, but you have to earn the right along the way. And earning the right also means you have to give them an outstanding return on their investment and their education. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that those students are really competitive in the marketplace. For example, my son's kind of coming out of the University of Illinois with a history degree. Now, and the University of Illinois has an outstanding school of continuing education, outstanding. Now, I believe the uh, University of Illinois missed that connection with at least my son and saying, hey, listen, this guy's, this kid is, young man, is really interested in the agricultural school because he's taken three classes. You know what? We've got programs that we can push to him from the School of Continuing Education that will make him even more competitive in the marketplace. And then he becomes a highly engaged um, alumni and alumni for life, alumnus for life. So, so yes, it's very important. Everyone's looking at alumni, but don't look at alumni just as a source of funding mm -hmm. because then you're going to get 50 bucks unless someone does something um, spectacular. Look at them with an expect expectation of nothing in return. All I'm going to do with this student is make him or her incredibly competitive from the jump, help them with their skills, their co-curricular engagement skills, their social skills, their writing skills. And I'm going to make sure when they graduate, I see as my responsibility, not just as an academic institution for, for education's sake, which is important, but help them really be go from a learner to an earner. That's how you get and expect nothing in return. Mm -hmm. And that's how ultimately you're more likely to get a lot in return. So I'm very passionate about this alumni issue and opportunity, uh, but you can't wait until someone graduates from college and they call them you know, 10 years later once they have a, a, some means to go ahead and contribute a couple of dollars. That, 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 that to me, it's important to do that. That's mm -hmm. a part of it, but that's not how you do it. It can't be the be all and end all. You know, it's, what's interesting is you're framing this out is that it, it positions a, a pretty student-centric vision for what the future of higher education is. It's really about how can institutions orient themselves to really serving the unique needs of each learner that comes through the doors at a point in time that makes sense to that individual. And, you know, and, you know, for inside track on folks who are listening, this is a little bit what starts to build up modern campus. It's a little bit what you've started to embed in each corner of the organization. So I'd ask you, you know, if you're comfortable talking about it, I'd be curious about your vision for modern campus and, and how it intersects with, with that, that framework around what, what the future of higher education looks like. Our, our vision is working with partners and working with a modern learner. And, a, and you nailed it up front in a very personalized way because the technology exists. We have it and others have it. And our partner college universities have a lot of the solution. So we, we work through this as a partner to understand them in a very personalized way because technology allows us to do that, understand their interests, understands understand their gaps and then also help direct that student to what they're really potentially best at and when we pour our energy into as 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 learners and as um employees out in the world when we pour energies into our greatest strengths that's when we get the greatest return so our vision for modern campus how do we partner with our college universities and our learners to help take them from learners to earners in a massively personalized way. That's the technology exists for us to do it that way upfront. When a student, for example, applies to, I've got one, one, of, my, one of my kids is going to Illinois State next year. 
And Illinois State did a great job of working with, his name is Liam, of working with Liam, helping him understand in a very personalized way what programs are available at Illinois State, how he can move through and earn at the end at Illinois State. They did a wonderful job. So if we can partner with the Illinois States and others of the world to help create a very personalized experience from the, from, I'll use the commercial top of the funnel, um, students <laughs> are evaluating their college university and help them see the vision for themselves in a very mm -hmm. personalized way. And when we do that at great scale, well, the economic benefit to the local region, the local economy, and then the world is massive. What gets me there is it, it, the language you use is, is interesting here because it really is about how to, how to bring the mission of higher education together with business best practice. And, and it's such a foundational need in, in our space to think more in terms of businesses because, I mean, let's be honest, we're in, we're in a challenging situation as an industry. We've seen consistent and persistent enrollment declines over the past decade. We've seen a foundational change in the expectations of the learners coming through the door. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the research that, that we're publishing, you know, the, it's, it's incredible. When you think about Gen Z, they are not confident at all in the value of post-secondary investment, while the labor market is telling them a post-secondary education is necessary to their success. So how do we start to help higher ed leaders think more in terms of business? How, how do we make the the best practice that makes sense in the commercial world apply to the higher education space so that colleges and universities are poised to execute on their missions. I think uh, lead by example. And there are the ubiquitous examples, the Dr. Crows at Arizona State in the world, and then what's happening at Western Governors and, and um, Southern New Hampshire and others, and other forward-looking institutions. I was with Miami, -Dade, Miami College um, mm -hmm. two weeks ago. And I'm telling you, Madeline, who's the, the assistant president for Miami-Dade, her vision and everything that I'm, I'm parroting, basically, everything that Madeline said is a metaphor, the massive personalization. Um, they, uh, every single day, she gets a report from her student success team. And they just happen to be using Signalvine, which is one of our platforms to make sure that they can stay in touch with the students through their text messaging platform. So every single day, she gets a report on the impact that her student success team is on retaining students and students and helping them understand their potential future value in the marketplace. So I think what happens is we have to have more and more examples of college and university administrators and employers um, showing the return that the learners can get on their investment. That I think that's the only way to do it. You have to yeah. show it. What happens is if you have a Dallas college or if you have a Miami-Dade college and Miami-Dade college is growing, many colleges are not growing, yeah. forward-thinking um, college university administrators are going to go, you know what, look at what she's doing over there and what Miami-Dade college is doing over there. Uh, we need to go ahead and mirror their best practices over here or, or our students can be disadvantaged. It's going to be a problem. So I think competitive forces, com creative tension, I think will help to solve some of those problems. But most importantly, it's, uh, it's the students themselves. When they start to, everyone has a bullhorn these days and it's called social media. And when they are in a great experience, they are loud and proud about it. And when they have a poor experience, they are loud, loud and proud about that too. So I think yeah. it's a combination of all those forces. And I also think for college university presidents, um, there's always been this tension between the academy, right? The academy for academy's sake, uh, yeah. you know, education's sake, and then also helping students get jobs. So you can do both. You can do both. And I think we need to break through um, faster in that regard. 
Absolutely. Well, Brian, I, I so appreciate you taking the time out. And one question I'll ask you in closing is, is uh, you know, as, as certainly folks are starting to travel more and more, if anyone finds themselves in the Chicagoland area, what's a restaurant they have to visit? Hmm. Well, you know, that's a depends answer. Um, <laughs> I, I love the piano. I, I started, I'm 56. I started thinking piano was our 45. I'm awful, but I basically uh, taking piano lessons like a music appreciation course. So I always love the piano bar at Gibson's on Rush. The food's great, but the piano's better. And those musicians, they're playing eight to 10 hours a night and boy, they're good. So you get a great meal there, but you also have phenomenal entertainment. And there's also a place called True Lux, which has a similar, similar style. They're based in uh, Dallas, Texas, but they also have a great restaurant in Chicago. So I love those two restaurants because of the music involved. Fair enough. Brian, thank you so much again for taking the time out. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's Amr. Nice to see you. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by Modern Campus in partnership with The Evolution. Modern Campus empowers higher ed institutions to thrive when radical change is required to deal with lower student enrollments and revenue, rising costs, crushing student debt, and even school closures. Powered by the industry's only student-first modern learner engagement platform, Modern Campus supports every corner of the modern institution, from continuing and workforce education to student affairs to the registrar's office to marketing and IT. To find out more on how you can transform your institution to meet the needs of the modern learner, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.